We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast for the Blue Wire podcast, or Blue Wire family, the Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, dejectedly, I am your host, Numak coming uh to your podcast feeds after a another another loss to join me in talking this this brutal beatdown as much as it was a close game by the score is my lovely as always co-host jordan Trusky. jordan how are you doing buddy i am um i'm in it we're in it tank of the tundra is here oh. everybody everybody <laughs> that's where we're at that is that is kind of where we're at Packers drop to the lowly Broncos 19 to 17 behind what was a strong showing from the defense for all intents and purposes and a simply abysmal game from the offense. Like I think we just, we just have to start there first and foremost is that the offense today was just a, a grind. Everything as has, has been in weeks past, everything just looked hard and it continued to do so this week uh jordan love 21 of 31 180 yards two touchdowns and a very bad pick um aj Dillon led the way in both the receiving games and the rushing games he had two catches for 34 yards receiving uh 29 of those yards came in the on the final drive and 15 carries for 61 yards 
So I guess let's start happy because we're going to be mad for a while here. What did you think of AJ Dillon today? We're going to give this like a little bit before we get into the, the badness of it all. AJ Dillon is fine. I, I know it's it's the Where's Aaron Jones show, but we also knew that coming into this game, the fact that he was playing was already a victory in itself. Mm-hmm. And that if he's playing, that doesn't mean that we're going to see 30 touches of Aaron Jones, which was literally what the sideline reporter, I believe Melanie Collins, um, said going into the opening series. So with that in mind, I think like expectations just get adjusted to well if it, when Aaron Jones is on the field get him the ball and try to split it amongst Aaron Jones AJ Dillon we got to see a little bit of Emmanuel Wilson today and he did very productive uh productive things that's a better way to say that sentence um but I thought AJ Dillon I mean again it was very a more forceful like reminder of what he was doing in the Raiders game, but it had a better impact. He was moving the ball down the field. He was making big plays, which is not normally his his jam, both in the passing game and rushing game. I thought he was great. Like I I, I just think that's where we're at. Like we just want to see productive AJ Dillon and we're getting closer to that. Yeah. The it's now October, which means his yards per game is bound to go up according Ugh, to that stupid stuff. I hate that freaking shit. But I'll ask <laughs> Thanks for censoring the F word by saying shit. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, I guess, yeah, I'm right there with you. He had productive runs this game. Like his longest run was 15 yards and he was putting his shoulder down and actually hitting guys and running mm-hmm. with confidence. Like I think this was his best uh, game to date this season and is settling in quite well. But when he's your leading rusher and receiver and receiver, that's bad. That's bad. What was he? Leading rusher and what? Receiver. Okay, let's just make that very known. Very, very clear. AJ Dell was the leading receiver today. Yeah, it it's emblematic of a very of an offense that's scared to really try anything. I'm I I think. Um, I guess let's start with the Jordan love of it all because I don't have too much on AJ Dillon. I'm just happy he played well this week, and Aaron Jones played well too in his limited snaps for what it's worth. But good job on AJ Dillon. This is now a talk about a bad team. I think we have to start with the Jordan with Jordan Love. Like, it's just he he shows flashes, which is what you would expect out of a person who out of a player in year four, I believe. Right, year four, year four, on his eighth or ninth start, whatever the number is. The point being that he's just making a lot of mistakes. And I think one of this is a insane take to have, but I think it might be a little bit true. The detriment of him's understudying Aaron Rodgers for three years was that now he thinks he needs to make hero plays and he doesn't need to make hero plays. In fact, I wish he wouldn't because on the Dobbs overthrow, I just saw a tweet from, um, I think Peter Bukowski quote tweeted it, but it looks like Andy Herman tweeted it originally is that the initial play call was a, a screen to Aaron Jones and it was pretty, not pretty wide open, but it was open. He's looking at the screenshot. He's open in the middle for, for sure a first down, but instead he overthrows it to Roman Dobbs for an incompletion fourth and four, and they kick a field goal. But 
like that's the hero play I think he's tried to make. That's that's a hard throw off his back foot to the corner of the end zone to a receiver. It's a hard throw. He needed to take the easy throw there, get the first down, and keep marching down the field. They were at the 14 or 11, the 11 yard line. If they get the first down, that's a new set of downs within the 10 yard line. Like you get four more chances to try and score a touchdown. You don't need to. Be, you don't need to be the hero on third and four. Take the easy stuff. And I think that's a lot of what his issue is right now is that he's not going for the easy for sure stuff. He's trying to be way too cute in his play. Yes, I think um, I think where we are at with Jordan Love and all of the rose-colored lenses that we are wearing with having a new quarterback, starting quarterback, I should make clear, is coming off. Yeah, because this is what it looks like when someone that has not been in a start or not been a starting quarterback is suddenly thrust into this role and has to do it consistently, while his supporting cast has been injured, been. Um, changed it, it, you know I mean like guys are in and out of the lineup it's not just Aaron Jones Luke Musgrave got a concussion a couple weeks ago leaves the game early today Christian Watson left on the second to last play on the last Packers drive um it I just missed, been, I missed that yeah yeah he he went down on the sideline very clearly hobbled and hurting cool yeah um there's just been a lot of variables thrown at Jordan Lowe's way that just is not helpful for him to develop into a, you know, break those bad habits because a lot, as you, I totally agree. And he has said as much is that a lot of the problems that Jordan love has when it's, you know, we're getting closer to two minute drill time, end of the, end of the game, the Packers have played this game three out of the last four weeks where they're marching down the field, having to come back from a, a second or a first half deficit because their offense is just total junk. <laughs> you know I mean, like this is the same game that we keep seeing over and over again. And I don't think that is doing Jordan Love any favors, but at the same time, when you see him make quick first reads and making and throwing balls that are not necessarily thrown well, whether it's the fade route to Dobbs, whether it's the double coverage to Samari Toure that, you know, was the game ceiling interception by all intents and purposes. Um, even the touchdown throw to uh, that ended up in Jaden Reed's hands, he makes a very heads up play, but it's like it, it, that was very indicative of Romeo Dobbs is not quite ready for that ball. His hands get on it. It suddenly just lofts into, Ro- into Jaden Reed's hands. And I should add, Today was the uh, Jordan Love had the highest completion percentage of any game he has had this year, but these plays that are keep happening, and it's because he's played the same freaking game the last three or four weeks. I don't think it's doing him any favors, but it 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 just highlights where he is at. Where it's like, yeah, you you know where the route is supposed to be going, you know where the coverage is going to be. Things just don't necessarily go to script like that all the time right it's a difference between having like okay i see the blueprint but it's the muscle memory of well what if this guy is not running his route the right way what if a guy completely dies on his route which has happened multiple times today like 
there's just so many I, I'm not saying this guy I think a lot there's gonna be a lot of takes about like is he the starting quarterback of the future and is he a starting level quarterback of for, of this league now and a lot of evidence points to he's not the starting quarterback for the Packers long term right now but I would also say not a lot has been helped for or been he has not benefited from a lot of things either because as we mentioned AJ Dillon was the leading wide receiver today and I don't think that is all because Jordan Love can't throw more than 20 yards or is throwing at his first read at every chance. I think there's a lot of other things at at play. I don't think that you're entirely wrong in that either. Like, I think that the it's not all Jordan Love's fault when it comes to how the receivers play, right? Like, the, the receivers have to get open so he doesn't just throw pick after pick after pick. But... There, I like just scrolling through social media. There's just so many instances at which point he's just not making the right throw. Like I mentioned, the the screen to the, the um, to Aaron Jones on the Romeo Dobbs overthrow to the end zone. That's the wrong decision. I'm looking at another video on the would on the interception to end the game, which I'll get into that in a second. But he, instead instead of or rather, he throws it to Samari Toure, underthrown, bad ball, gets intercepted. If he takes a second, AJ Dillon is open in the flat with yes. like 15 yards ahead of him. Guys are going bounding Go- up because yeah. they see the deep ball. Right. And like if you make that throw to AJ Dillon, you get some yards back. And even if you don't get the first down, you at least get closer to field goal range. Um, maybe even get to that field goal range before the first down, according to like the, the CBS like tracker on the field, and give Anders Carlson a chance to kick it in. Like obviously he missed one already, but I'll, I'm chalking that first miss up to a jinx for for all intents and purposes. Matt Schneeman jinxed him earlier in the week. Kevin Harlan did his his best job to to, to jinx Anders Carlson and miss that field goal. That's besides the point. But the the idea being is that. Just take the safe throw down. You had a timeout left, and there was a minute 45 to go. Let A.J. Dillon catch that ball and start running. Like, it's just, I understand that it's third and 20. I get it. But this is the type of hero ball that that we don't need on this team right now. Like, we just need him to be more thorough in his reads and more decisive in making the right decisions in what he's doing. And just to be better with the deep ball. He can't throw it at this point. He just can't. He can't throw it. And again, I think part of it was you have to complete a third and 20. You got knocked back because Ellen Jenkins had an offensive holding penalty that put him at second and 20. They didn't get anything on the first read, which was the Christian Watson play that he got hurt on. Mm -hmm. And then it's you have A.J. Dillon on the third down. Romeo Dobbs runs kind of an out route that would have been well under the, you know, what they needed to get a first down, but still you have, you're going to be running a fourth down regardless. It's a, it's a must score. You're not, you're out of field goal range. It's that's where it's like that whole drive is just indicative of you get into field goal range. They were in field goal range. Mm -hmm. They were, they possibly had this game dead to rights Yep, and a holding call (laughs) Knocks them out of field goal range. You are it's a must pass opportunity. Your best wide receiver, or at least your most talented wide receiver, who is has been largely quiet all season, in part because of injuries too, gets hurt on a badly thrown ball by Love that was thrown behind him. And it, it like it just that's where as we were talking about with Paul Bradle, 
like there's just like this avalanche effect with there's not just one thing that goes wrong it feels like when one thing goes wrong it's three things and it happens on drives it happens on in games it happens from week one to week seven or wherever week we're on right now like i just think it's just not great that we are i would say at least stagnating with jordan love's development as a quarterback and that they're playing the game the same game mm-hmm. every time it should not the reason the the biggest thing for me and this is going to veer off of jordan love talk but it is particularly egregious to get shut out coming out of a bye week where their offense looked as bad as it has all season long yep and that should not happen and like it that's where it gets really banding for me is that we know that this has been even preseason. Not much we saw in preseason obviously applies to what we have seen in the regular season. But one of the constants that remains is that they started slow. It would take a couple series before we saw the offense shelling. And it turns out that is just more of the norm of like, yeah, when they string good plays together, hey, things are going well. Well, well, when they can't you know, generate explosive plays, which basically was the entire first half. Like this offense is just doesn't work no. to how it is intended to run. No, it's, it's stuck in the mud for all intents and purposes. Like it's just, they can't get anything going. Um, Pete Bukowski just had a, a good tweet that described it perfectly that um, I think it was Zach uh, Jacobson, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, said or tweeted that, the that Kevin or well Kevin not Kevin Love Jordan Love and uh, Matt Lafleur talked at halftime that they needed to take more shots down the field. At which point they go, um, "What?" That's what they said. I'm trying to find the I'm trying to find the the tweet specifically, but I can't. I've seemingly seemingly lost it. Um, <laughs> here it goes. Yeah, from Zach Zach James. It was, it was yeah, it was Peter. Anyways, that was hectic for a second there. Jeez Louise. Jordan Love said that he and Matt LaFleur spoke at halftime while taking more shots down the field in the second half. He led three consecutive scoring drives in the third and fourth quarters, completing 11-17 for 133 and two touchdowns before the interception. And then Peter made a good point, is that Love and Matt LaFleur can't find the quote-unquote Goldilocks zone. Everything is either, it's either super conservative Yes, or it's turned to eleven, and they're taking deep shots downfield. Yes, they the, that and that is that is searching for something that yep. says we're searching for something. We don't know. We don't know what to do. We don't know what the identity is. And it again, it it doesn't help that their best player is a running back that has played a total of two games eight total, to nine eight to nine quarters. Yeah, at this point, um, two games combined, um. You know, like there isn't Jordan Love is the engine to this offense. And guess what? That that's what the Packers offense looks like. It looks like a fourth year star or fourth year quarterback that is starting for the first time this year and is figuring things out. Yep. And it's just I wish they would take like consistent shots down the field and rather than just limiting them to when they need to get something going. And it's 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 just frustrating. Because like on that interception that ended the game, the idea was that Jaden Reed would would have the safety get to him 
and like that the safety would hedge Jaden Reed's side rather than Samari Touré's side. The frustrating part is that Jaden Reed is running towards the middle of the field towards Samari Touré. Like he should be going straight. Not he's not drawing over the that defender. He's not drawing him. He's leading him there. He didn't break down on Jaden Reed because he's a good enough player to then break on Samari Toure when he saw the ball thrown. Mm-hmm. And I think that's indicative of Matt LaFleur's play design and play calling, not play calling, but just the play design in general being off. I said it in the Discord that the Jaden Reed touchdown worked out on basis of sheer luck. It was not a good play. Like, I, no. I, from a, of a play design. Roman Dobbs should have caught it, yes. But the way that play design is or like works early is Dobbs slant route goes over the middle, and then Jaden Reed is supposed to put his foot in the ground and go back towards the other end of the end zone, away from Romeo Dobbs. But when you're throwing it that quickly and you're in that sort of that part of the field, that's two players in the middle of the field next to each other, which is like pretty basic how to run an offense is you don't have yeah, you just have to have better spacing as a rec- as receivers. And that was not what that was. Like that's a bad play design cuz if Romeo Dobbs isn't open, Jaden Reed isn't going to be open at like the next the second that his eyes go from Dobbs to Jaden Reed, he's not going to be open. He's going to have to wait mm-hmm. for him to get open. And with this line, it's not going to have a lot of time. He didn't really have like loads and loads and loads of time today. And so um Ryan Wood had some stuff to say. Um, or rather had tweeted what Jordan Love had to say about the interception um, said that they had the right route concepts and that I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read the tweets so my apologies Jordan Love said Packers had had the right route concepts against the Broncos coverage on the third and 20 they Jordan Love didn't expect uh, PJ Locke to be in position to make a play of the football Love said he didn't see Locke when he released the pass it's just a play I've got to learn from like yep we we know that already I talked about the Jaden Reed stuff um it's just there's a lot of learning happening, which we have to be understanding and like willing to to wait for, right? But I feel like there's been four interceptions in the last two weeks, two games rather, that just didn't lend themselves to being any sort of successful. Like even on that ball to Samari Tour, if he throws it well enough, I just don't see it's incomplete. It's incomplete if anything, right? And if he it's a hard throw is my point they're they're Mm -hmm. they're they're forcing jordan love to make hard throws and he can't make them right now and he's this is it come to come full circle these are the flashes in the pan i was talking about that throw against the falcons where matt lafleur got up on the podium post game after a loss and said there's only like five guys in the league that can make that throw well i think all 32 starters can make a throw like that once right they're all nfl quarterbacks yeah and i think we might have bought in a little too early drank a little bit too much of the kool-aid kind of had our rose colored glasses on getting excited about it again it's first year but the i think the biggest thing is that when you sit a guy for three years it shouldn't be this rough to start year four like it, it just shouldn't be and i'm willing to be understanding and let him learn but nothing is going well right now like they can't get anything going and they had some stuff over the middle like there was a third and six play third and four play 
I think it was in the third quarter where they had Christian Watson in motion from uh wide out left motion in and then they snap the ball and he takes like two steps upfield and has a, a crossing route over the middle. It's short yep. it's short of the, the line to gain, but he was wide open. Like instead of and he could have thrown to Christian Watson and hoped that he got the first down. This is a hindsight kind of idea that if he throws it and doesn't make the first down, I'm asking why they're throwing short of the sticks. But he passes over Christian Watson and decides to run, and I think does get the first down. But it's plays like that where I would rather him, honestly, just throw the ball and get the completion and make Christian Watson make a play because he's talented enough to do so. He's fast. If he can put his foot in the ground and lunge forward, he might be able to get there. But I just want to see him completing more things like this because they don't ever get throws short in the middle. And that means they don't have to worry about covering the guy over the top or like they can let the guy cross over the middle for free because they're not going to throw it. They'll run with the guy deep. And that's part of the issue, right? Yeah. And so it's just, it's just hard right now. It's just, it's just hard from an offense. And when you don't have receivers getting open, it makes it harder on love. And it's just, they, they need Aaron Jones at full strength. And I'm not expecting Aaron Jones to fix, fix this offense, but I think him just being healthy and having a bigger workload would help this team immensely right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, again, this the formula for Jordan Love to succeed has always been if you're about being the system quarterback and playing to the idealistic way that you want to play. It's about making quick throws. It's about getting targets, your leading targets in the ball. None of that is happening right now. We saw very few glimpses of like there was a wide receiver screen from Romeo Dobbs that was their best play in the first half by far. And it led to a drive where, of course, Andres Carlson missed the field goal, but it was moving the ball in the right direction. It wasn't just, you know, moving it inch by inch and then they're having a three and out and stuff like that. Just nothing to your point. Nothing has been easy. And it is that that quote 
it's just mind-boggling to me that they both would agree at halftime that we should start taking more deep shots and maybe and I understand what opening up the field does for other people, you know, running underneath routes or whatever, but it's like that does not work. Your your personnel is not suited for that. Samari Toure was only out there because Christian Watson got hurt, and there's not a lot of receivers on this team that can that are able to play. And you know, again, it's it's the avalanche effect of uh, or snowball, I should say. But part of the part of the other reason why the first half was just so abysmal, and I'm going to credit Paul Pradel again because he's just a really smart Packers person <laughs> to begin with, but. When the Packers were doing well, it is converting smaller third downs if it gets to that. Every drive in the first half, save for maybe the that Romeo Dobbs one uh, where he got the first down or like the 15-yard play, it's third and 10. It's third and nine. It's third and seven. Like you are – that's asking a lot. Mm-hmm. And considering that Jordan Love had a lot of time in the pocket but is not releasing the ball – that means guys are not getting open as fast as he's seeing them. Right. So what is that? You know what I mean? Like, again, everything is twofold. What we think of Jordan Love as a quarterback should be equally applied to the weapons that he has around him. And I, I agree. I agree. You know, it, and that's where it just it gets really tough to just analyze football in general, whether it's a really good quarterback or a, a guy like Jordan Love who clearly has a lot of things to work out and – isn't necessarily being have or doesn't have the supporting cast to help him work out his weaknesses with. Right. And I think that is uh, a good point to then not shift the the conversation, but talk about um, some blame coming down on Brian Gunekunst and Matt LaFleur creating this team, right? Like they, they hit the reset button so hard that I think they broke the fucking button. Like, they, I'm serious. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they punted all their veterans away. Like, they could have given Mercedes Lewis probably a contract that he'd have been happy with, but they didn't. They, the, the long, I don't want to say they let Devontae walk because obviously they, that's a bigger conversation than letting them walk and that he didn't want to be here in the first place, but they, mm. they're just young. They didn't want to play any veterans and sign any veterans, which I, I get and I understand. Veterans on offense, I should say, they have plenty on defense. But it's just they. I wouldn't have mind. It did a, a trade for D Hop, just like something simple. Or you sign, for you to sign him? Yeah, yeah, like I think they would have. They'd welcome a D Hop right now, just even if he's not his prime, per is his prime ability. He would have still been better than I think every receiver in that locker room for sure, and he would have had a veteran presence. That's like a good way to teach these young guys how to be receivers and. I just think that would have been a plus. And it's just it's just frustrating to see I guess this play out, right? We understood that this would kind of be a rough year. I guess not entirely, but we understood there might be some ups and downs regarding how young they we were. We knew it was going to be a developing year. We didn't th- anticipate what? Three straight losses? Yeah. Yeah, three straight. Three straight and none against, of them inspiring. Against teams that are well, the the Lions first. The Lions yes, like were formidable, but then, um, the the second of the second and third of those losses being against the um being against the Raiders and the Broncos is generally embarrassing. Like it was, I, I want to say embarrassing. Like it was 
super detrimental, but it was for sure just games they should have won coming down to the the last possession on offense needing to make a play. And that point being like sort of echoed by by Jordan Love. He this is again from Ryan Wood talking about um their frustrations just being in these games and not being able to close them out. So um, his tweet in the, in his first press conference after Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love said he knew his first season wouldn't be perfect. He knew there'd be hard times. They found, they found one losing three straight record down the two and four um, asked love where his frustration level is. Yeah, it's high. This is the quote. We all know it's ups and downs, but I think everyone's very frustrated. We've got to find a way to win. Got to find a way to win these games. We've been put in this position multiple times where it comes down to the offense having to go win the game. We've not capitalized on that just yet. So we've got to find a way, just that margin of error, and we're not capitalizing on these end-of-game situations. I think going forward, I think the situations are going to keep coming, keep being there until we find a way to capitalize and go win. Like, I think it's plain and simple just them unable, being unable to, I guess, unable, my word, to find success. They don't have something for sure to go to. They don't have an Aaron Rodgers back shoulder fade to Devonta Adams to go to when they need something to go right. They don't have um, a running back that's able to bruise their way for a big game when they really need it. They don't have someone over the middle to get a for sure catch when they need something like that. And I think for all intents and purposes, the offense shows good stuff from each individual player. Jaden Reed had good plays today. Dontavian Wicks had good plays today. Luke Musgrave had good plays today. They just are are so close, which is why being so doomer about the offense is such a, a mind-boggling experiment, is that they, ha- they have players making good plays, and their inability to become, I guess, their inability to put it all together at once is what's failing them. And once that happens, once they figure out a way to win, I think they are capable of being better. It's just right now, everything is so disconjointed. There's nothing that's flowing easy on any play. It all looks like I'm gripping my knuckles every every play, hoping it goes right. And it's, it just hasn't been. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, it's, I'd be an idiot if I said I disagree with you. <laughs> Because we're both watching the same game. The problem, I think, I mentioned it on Discord as, you know, if you want to vent your frustrations as a Packers fan, it is a good way to do it because there are a lot of people that vent it themselves. And it's just overall, like, I think we're all, we all may have differing points, but we also, it's coming from the same point of this team is just not that good. Um. And I think with the offense in particular, because that is the problem. The defense keeps giving them ways to win games and it shouldn't have to come down to the final drive in four of their six games this year. Um, But it has. And I think when the offense is balanced so much between, okay, this guy gets a little bit of something like uh, there was a great graphic of, of seeing the share of touches between receivers, the share of touches or shared skill players, basically running backs, wide receivers, tight ends included. And there isn't like, it's not like how it was with Devante who is carrying the Packers upstream based on just how great he is and everything like that. But 
the reason why I was very skeptical about this offense trying to make a dent in how bad the Broncos have been defensively, and you know, what we were talking about during the preview pod is that there isn't just that one guy that you can be like, hey, let's make some magic happen. Let's do it. Because that guy is just not on this team. And whether that changes next year, you know, who's to say? Like, it could be Romeo Dobbs. It could be Christian Watson. It could be Jordan Love. Because as much as we, you know, are talking about his ability to make plays and making the right reads and stuff like that, he knows when a pocket collapses, he knows where to get out. And he makes plays on his feet. Like, there are still things that he can do a lot better at. But I, there are some things I trust in him doing that I wouldn't necessarily trust other quarterbacks in doing yet. But I just think the overall problem with this offense in particular is that there is not a number one guy. And the guy that we would have said that about, again, is Aaron Jones, but he's hurt. And really, his usage doesn't really <laughs> lend to being the best running back, the leading receiver, even though Agent Dillon did that very same thing today. And doing all these things that you would expect out of a number one guy. They're just the biggest problem with the offense is that if you don't have that, then having a, a good blend of talented skill players that can make plays consistently and knows their role or knows what they're doing out there, like the spatial awareness stuff, like that has been a big problem. And it, it there was a third down today when things are just really gummed up. And Love throws a ball that was a little bit outside of what anybody would have caught. But it was exacerbated even more because someone just stopped running their route. And I don't know how that keeps happening outside of the fact that, well, it's inexperienced. It's not having a veteran guy. A guy of, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or fill in a fifth year receiver that's a free agent that would do it or whatever. And I just think they're just leaning a lot on young guys to to develop into that one or number one or these core guys that you want. And I just don't really see that in any of their offensive players. And that's going to change. And I'm sure people in 2008, when Aaron Rodgers in his first year starting, probably said that about, I don't know, Jordy Nelson or whatever. But at least, like, they had Donald Driver and Greg Jennings to lean on. They don't have that. That is not a safety net that anybody could have. Right. And that that is – it's very different hearing that from coaches teach you how to do these things. But when you don't have a player teaching how to do these things, that's when you see what we see today. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, you, you said – you put it succinctly. They don't have – they're relying on the young guys to become – a veteran as to figure them, figure it out on their own, to figure it out on their own. And they, they just don't have that. They don't have a support system to really go and like ask somebody, like ask a fellow player, like what to do in a certain situation. But then Jordan love doesn't have that player that he can rely on for a safety valve. Like they're, yep. they need one of these receivers to become a veteran next week. Like that's just really that how it needs to go. But yeah, between guys not finishing routes or, routes coming off flat or whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's not there right now. It's just not there right now. Yeah. I think it's, it's shameful to the defense to put them in the situation. Like the defense for, I, I forget how many straight games now, 
or for for two straight games has kept their opponents under 20 points um 20 points against the bears 8 17 against the uh, the saints 17 against the raiders and 19 against the broncos out of their six games this year they've kept four of their opponents under 20 points and they have shown or for their efforts they've gotten three losses for it like it's just it can't it can't happen like that like that's not a recipe for success in winning but it's also just like it, it it's got to be so annoying as a defensive player right now like for all those years that the offense was so good the defense was so bad like i'll give credit where credit is due this whether it be the 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 players they're playing against in those games like the bears the saints the broncos and the raiders aren't exactly high-flying offenses but they're not like they're nfl teams they're capable of putting up um putting up scores i'm looking at the uh like the raiders uh games and they've scored well not too well regardless but the the saints i don't know maybe i'm talking myself out of my own point but they've played well the defense has played well and jair said it last week or yeah last week against yep. or against the raiders two weeks ago now that it's on the defense just not, not a lot of touchdowns and what they allow one touchdown today or is it was it two yeah I'm pretty sure it was uh, one. It was one. Yeah, it was the one to Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And then four field goals. Like, the defense is doing its job in, of not breaking when it's bending. And they keep they kept the um, they kept the Broncos out of the end zone a bunch of times this game. And they just aren't being rewarded with wins because of the offense. It's, there's two different things. I understand that if you're like we are grading on a curve, you're playing against the worst teams in the NFL. Packers are among those teams. We that much is clear, but their offenses are not. There are reasons. There are a lot of reasons why the teams that they're playing are as bad as they are. Packers included. But you can give up chunk plays like the Packers did all game long. Javante Williams was a problem. The fact that they the Packers didn't give him the ball even more when they were clearly in possession of this game. We're up for most of it until the Packers took it over briefly in the fourth quarter. They had a recipe for success to gash the Packers and their run defense. Packers just didn't give up touchdowns. They didn't give up plays. The Broncos shot themselves in the foot multiple times to help the Packers benefit. Uh, Broncos were one of four in the red zone. And now the Packers defense is 10 or 22 defending in the red zone. That's good. That's really like, good. That's really good. And, you know, we can lament all the big plays that they give up, but if it leads to field goals or in the, you know, if it leads to turnovers or whatever, mm-hmm. or knocking them out of field goal range entirely, we'll take it. That is part of being the defense. It's not, it's about the points on the board. It's not necessarily about the yards given up, but I think the problem is that you have all of that. They are giving you every opportunity to take the game. This game should not have gone the way it did, but the Packers had the ball more in the second half. By volume, they're going to do more things with the ball. Like, it's just that simple. And I give a lot of credit to the defense putting them in positions to win games. And... It, it, that's where it's really frustrating that we had all these questions about the about the defense 
going into the year. And we had plenty <laughs> of questions about the offense. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's clear that the offense is just not on the same level as the defense. Not even close. And not and neither of them are even that good to begin with, but it's still frustrating all the same. Yeah. And like they 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 played well bending bending not breaking, like I said earlier. I think the biggest thing that I need to see some progress on is tackling. They missed a lot of tackles today. Yeah. Or either whiffing on air or arm tackles not not working but golly like contain a that, lot of, it, that that was the biggest like you you said contain and it pinged my it pinged my brain as to one of my biggest frustrations of the defense so far today or just was today was that they couldn't they they just couldn't get a sack when they needed a sack they would yeah. get pressure and all it took was a step up from Russell Wilson that he had all the time in the world like they just yeah. Which is that is a guy that can do that. That that is the problem. He's done it for the last we, decade against the exactly. Packers. Yes, plenty of times against the Packers. And it's not like this is something that's of that a new coaching scheme had to know. Matt Lafleur has been around football for a while. Same with Joe Barry. They know that Russell Wilson can run. It's not like he had he lost the ability to do so, turning thirty four years old. He's or slower, play for the Broncos. right? Or pay for the or play for the Broncos. Regardless of it, he still has the ability, and he burned the Packers on a play ball on tonight. It's just, it's just frustrating. One tackling because they've never been able to tackle. I've, I've said this before. They just, they're just poor tacklers. It's that flag football. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was listening to the Rams or the Ravens game a couple weeks ago. I said this on the pod that the Ravens have a good foundational tackling like program in their organization i'm not sure how they do it but they they tackle the guys at the point of contact and don't let them fall forward or things like that the packers just can't tackle and they they get juked out of their mind so many times and get so much air and it's it's just frustrating year to year era to era to watch this team try and tackle and fail run and fail tackling running backs and i guess with that point is they they're blitzing and they have so many guys that should know not to break contain, but they do. And it, that's mm-hmm. all it takes. Like they get so far over their skis and they overextend into the backfield. And then it's just a step up. And then you're relying on Quay to make a play when it shouldn't be Quay's fault in the first place. Yeah. And the defense, you know, Darnell Savage got hurt, didn't come back. Devontae Wyatt got hurt, didn't come back. Both guys are on the injury report going into the game. We'll see where they go. I mean, there's no bye week to get better at now, so I feel oh. like this could be multi-week absences. Yep. And, you know, like, that's where they're getting really thin, but the defense is still doing their job. You know, like, against who they play next week? Why am I already forgetting? The Vikings. No Justin Jefferson, which is exciting. No Justin Jefferson, but um, Jordan Addison might have a field day against the secondary. He might. And that, I missed uh, Jair Alexander didn't play. Nope. Eric Stokes goes down again. Big goes down again on special teams, which they said on the broadcast would most likely be all of his play opportunity. Well, he's hurt. Carried to Valentine. Got picked on. Got picked on. Just picked on. Rightfully so. And there are like three first downs of, <laughs> to Cortland Sutton on third downs that like, yeah, we're going to pick on the rookie seventh round pick cornerback. Um, 
<laughs> we say all these things. They gave up 19 points. 19 points. Yep. You're telling me, dog. Like, it's it's just... I know. It's... They, they, they do so well and not letting them score, but then they don't get any help. Like, it's... It's it's just frustrating. I don't know why they played Eric Stokes to not play him in coverage. Frankly, I think that's the stupidest thing you could possibly ask them to do. I get, they haven't been very good about uh, bringing people back and then, you know, weird. Whom's amongst us could have thought that their strength and conditioning coaches are fucking dog shit? Like their de- their decisions. On doing this, Darnell Savage are stupid. Calf injury, stupid. It's just the stupidest shit. Like, it's it's crazy to me. And they they said it. We talked about it in the Discord, and um, someone said that like no high cost medical professional can prevent injuries in football. No, of course you can't. But you can certainly hire a group of professionals to up their strength and conditioning. To the point to where they have a proper understanding of risk of re-injury when it comes to these guys. That's a few players now in the last three weeks that have... All year long. All year long. But specifically, if we go through it, Aaron Jones was coming back from a calf injury after week two or three, whenever he was coming back. Comes back against the Lions, plays four downs, then misses the game against against the Raiders. Okay, Christian Watson re-injures or injures his hammy again this offseason and is out for the better part of all of camp and week one. Looks like he probably heard it again tonight. Jair with his back. They had a whole bye week off, a whole bye week where he wasn't supposed to be practicing or doing anything like that. Comes back fine Wednesday, Thursday, however it happened, he hurts his back again, is out for the game and proved to be crucial since Carrington Valentine got absolutely picked on the entire freaking game. Like you said, Darnell Savage had a calf injury. They decide to play him. Like, I understand that football it is itself inherently a hard and tough and rough sport to play. But there has to be someone in that locker room that tells them that they cannot play when they're at risk of re-injury. It's ridiculous because mm-hmm. they, they, they claim to be so conservative with these guys and keeping out Aaron Jones and whatever else and Jair and keeping them out because they're injured. But then they don't do it right. And then they just let him go play the next week. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, they, there's they, no consistency. There's no consistency. And it's, they just need somebody to be able to accurately tell just how bad injuries are, which may be incredibly reductive of the medical professional, like just industry and field in the first place. But they haven't done it for like years, years. And like, it's gotten worse the last two years in particular. Like, I, I think. I would be more understanding if these were one-time test cases and knowing that these are muscle injuries right, largely. Right, but it's not. But it's happening. It's compounded by the fact that it's happening to multiple players at different times in their recovery or different times when it happens. But it all ends up in the same place where these guys come back to play, get hurt again, mm-hmm. and, well, what do you have to show for it kind of thing? And it wasn't even like... Um... I can't speak to Jair's or, or a few other players, but Darnell Savage's wasn't even on a play. He started nine, the play. It was non-contact, too. Right. He started the play and tried to break on the play and pulled up. Like, that's... If if, if you're at risk of re-injuring yourself on a non-contact injury, you shouldn't be playing at all. Yeah. And I know that... I, I think they... I think the Packers have a 
inflated understanding and inflated expectation of what they want to do this season than what they actually are going to do. Because, like, if they're a bad team trying to lose, I think you sit down on Savage that game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because they're, they're thin at safety. They need him to play. They need him to play. But, man, I think they're just wanting to play because they think they can win, and I don't think they can win right now. Like, as shitty as uh, that is they, to say. They aren't. But they aren't. Right, exactly. And I think they're they're losing the forest for the trees. I think their biggest thing at the beginning of the year and why they didn't sign all those veterans and why they didn't bring in new veterans for backup QB or receiver or tight end or anything like that is that they said, when you are a young team, you need to let guys play to properly evaluate them and see where they're at. Darnell Savage was at the top of that fucking list. Because he's a safety going into year five, and we need a safety. If he played this year, he was probably going to get a contract. Now he pulls up on a non-contact injury after having already been on the on the uh, injured list for the week with his calf injury, having coming off of a freaking bye where he could have at least gotten closer to healthy, and then he re-injures himself on non-contact play. It's just mind-blowing, Jordan. It's frustrating to watch because, like, at least lean one way or the other i think they're caught in the middle like i said two seconds ago their expectations of how they good they're going to be are not what they're how good they're going to be yeah that's that is the conundrum is that it's maybe not even a conundrum for a lot of people organizationally if i'm brian goonkoons if i'm looking at what he's doing he's thinking about this is not for this year it's not. It might not be about next year either. It's about the next era and building up towards when we can say the Green Bay Packers are going to next contend for a Super Bowl. On the field, with the coaching staff, Matt LaFleur, it's about how can I do the best job about developing the players that we have. Those two things do not run in concert with one another. <laughs> By inherently. But the best part about when they do hit that, you know, nexus or uh, synergy is that you it, it jump starts in a very real palpable way of the of oh this team learn is learning how to win oh this team is learning how to win in the National Football League at the highest level. I, I just became one of those analysts by saying National <laughs> Football League, but I'm just that is the overall point of like. Those two jobs do not work for the same uh, or, or are not thinking the same way. The problem is, is that the organizational vision of what the Packers look like this season, next season is like a dangling a carrot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really like, okay, we're building for this next era. We hope it, that we have a lot of the, the pieces in place to get there as soon as possible. And I think based on a lot of factors, I don't know how many building blocks we can name that will be on the Green Bay Packers when they are ne- good. When they're, like, when really they're good, good next. I think so far, this is getting into an offseason conversation. I don't really give a, give a care at this point. You asked, so I'm going to answer. Maybe it was rhetorical. I don't care. No, I want you to answer. <laughs> I think foundational pieces for when the Packers are going to be good next. There is like two or three in offense. 
I will say, yep. Wow. Because that's a lot more than I would have thought. They're, they're young. It's Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, and Zach Tom. And not throwing Jordan. Not even Elton. I don't think he's going to be around when they're good. I think his contract runs out once they're good. <laughs> That's a few years. It's a few years. He just got an extension last year. Listen, Doc, I know. <laughs> but, like, Jaden oh. Rita is showing flashes. Luke Musgrave is showing flashes. He went out. I would not. I, I'm just my little pushback. I would not. I view. It's semantics. It is. It's really semantics. But like core guys, I'm saying like that guy is. If I look at his war, oh, it's a one. I mean, you mean like guys on this team that are part of the core reason they're good, like the 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 Pro Bowlers. Oh, then there's there's not a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's not a lot of them. Well, that was offense. What about defense? That's a good question. Maybe Quay. I think it's Quay. Maybe Quay. Maybe Devontae. One of one of Wooden or Brooks. I think they they've been showing some pretty good flashes. I think they continue to develop and turn into something pretty nice. Honestly, if they pay him, they're not looking like they're going to pay him right now. I would have paid him already, but they maybe they don't want to. Jair, probably gone. By the time they're good, I'm giving. I I think if we don't see this is this could come back and bite me in the ass. I don't really care if we don't see significant improvement the rest of this year. I don't think they'll be good for another three four years because they're not going to be good enough or they're not going to be bad enough to get to like the first overall pick and like take Caleb Williams or take. Are you sure? Man, I sure hope not. I mean, do, it's not going to be Carolina. It's not going to be Carolina bad. Do you know how crazy? I would, they do play the they do play the Panthers later though. Right, but do you understand how mad I'd be if my uh, prophecy came true? Remember what I said pre week one that they beat the Bears in Chicago. I don't care if they were in another game the entire season, and they would have won one if they go two and fifteen. I'd be very upset with myself. I also know that I have a lot of power, so we could do something with that. So we got that going for us. <sighs> Regardless, um, I just think I think. How we we a big part of our conversation with Paul Bradle of coming out of the bye week and just expectations, mm-hmm. especially going into the Broncos game, is like that is like a litmus test for how we will um, perceive the rest of this Packers season. Yeah, yeah, and I don't really care about wins and losses anymore. I will care in the moment, but it, for me, I want to see the Green Bay Packers players that I think will be there when they are good again. And it is a problem that we cannot name at least five, considering they're really young and they have flashes of potential and all that stuff. Well, I guess what is good? I'm saying like... What do you mean? Like, is 9 and 8 good? This season? No. You going back to the question of oh, I mean like winning when at will least the Packers... winning a division, winning a division title, even right. if that looks like the AFC South this year. That I think that's further off than them being good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I really do. Like, I think that I, I think I I understand we're being quite doomy right now, but I, th- I don't think we're incredibly off base. I don't, but I think that's reflective of that's what what it, what what's going right? on, right? No, I, yeah. I that's what I'm saying. But they're they're pretty far off from winning a division title with how these lions look and just the rest of the NFC North. Lions. But like, if we're talking like nine and eight, I think that's closer. That could be two years away versus like four or five. That could still be this year. Brother. <laughs> just I'm just throwing out possibilities. Sure. Pass pass it over here, buddy. I'll I'll take I'll take a little bit if you want if you want to pass it. Um I think that's closer. Like like nine nades above five hundred, they're winning more than they're losing. That could be honestly next year. Like if everything is Good. If, if they're that bad this year, they'll have a top pick that they every, normally don't have. If everything is is comes into concert. That could be next year. Everyone starts to develop and takes huge strides. Clearly, that isn't what happens all the time. But that could be next year. They may not win the division or get to the playoffs, but they could be nine and eight. If they're going to be bad this year, they'll have a bad schedule, like they did this, like they did this year, next year. And so it's just we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But I do agree that it is a problem for the Packers that they don't have institutional guys right now. Like there, there might be a lot of churn on this roster in the next two or three years. I would also include the coaching staff. Matt Lafleur's seat is officially warm. I, I think he got. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say that. I don't think he will be fired this year if it continues. I don't if, dog. If if they go two and fifteen, he might get fired. Well, I just I don't see them losing the rest of the season. I don't see them losing out the rest of the season. See, here's what I want. Here's a, a, a thought exercise. I want you to look at their schedule and tell me where they win. Because I'm looking at it, and it's hard. It's hard to envision them winning. It's hard right, right now. now. No, just in general. Like, they have tough games. And I don't. I, don't, yeah, that, I that should say that the problem is I shouldn't the, say this tough is games the because more cake or cupcake part. Part of right now we do. It just ended. Because <laughs> yeah. like the point being is that they there are teams on this in the rest of their season that they could beat, but they just played the two worst teams that they could have beat, or uh, they could have beat besides the Panthers this season, and they lost. And there's no offense. I think they beat the Chiefs. Shut up. Um, Giants at in in New York. You're yeah, on the you're on the road. The if you're picking, like the Giants are bad too. Don't like don't get me wrong. They they're are. they're, they they're bad 40, too. They won forty seven of it. But the like that that's my point, Jordan. Is that like yeah? They should have beat the Raiders. They should have beat the Broncos. They should, should beat the Falcons. They should beat the Falcons. They should beat the Giants, the Bucks, and the Panthers. Will they? They haven't found the way to win. Remember, we talked at the end of the Falcons game. It's about finding ways to win when you're a young team. These last two games are the epitome of games you need to find a way to win, and they can't. No. So when are they going to do it? And that's the question. That's the question of the Packers right now. Not great. Vibes are horrendous. Vibes are very bad. We are officially the 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 podcast of a bad team, and I don't like it. It's true, it's true. But I, I just think we knew that this is part of the many possibilities that this season could have played out. It sucks that it is playing out the way it is, 
it sucks that it is calling into question everything about what the organization has done over the last two years in mm-hmm. particular or yeah. going back let's even go back, further. Let's go back to Basically, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Because drafting Jordan Love is looking worse and worse by the game. I hate to be that guy and I'm supportive of him. But it's working, looking worse and worse by the game. Yes. I understand that as much as I want to fight back on it. But in terms of in terms of in terms of just prospect evaluation, yeah, he's just has not been good. Great. It, um, but I, I, I think the problem with where we're at as you scratch your head is that like it, it's everything that we thought was would be okay, this is what we can at least fall back on. This is what we could at least fall back on. It doesn't help that they are in positions to win games and have are failing that test more often than not. Yeah. They got the Saints game and we all celebrated like pigs and shit. But <laughs> that was that was not in, reflective of where this team was going and where this team is at. And I think I understand why people might have like we were blinded by the Bears game. We were blinded by that comeback against the Saints and stuff like that. But like you can only judge what you see in front of you. Yeah. You know, like we had op- it's, reasons for optimism. Like you can, yeah. we can't look in the future and see what this bad stretch of football looks like. And we might be wrong again in five weeks. Maybe they pick it up and go on a little run. There's just not evidence of that happening. Run the right table. Now. Shut up. We're gonna run. <laughs> up. I'm going to tell you to shut up so many times as pod Jordan. I'm <laughs> sick of it. I'm sick of it. Um, but like we like maybe something switches in that locker room. Maybe. Maybe, 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 I'm not foreseeing it, but no, alas. All right. We've been rambling. Do you have anything else? No, I, I just think I, I wonder how the rest of the season will be treated. I wonder where thoughts are going into this Vikings game because division games always bring out some some feelings. Yep. Hopefully that it lights a fire under their ass. Hopefully it lights a fire under their ass and that Matt LaFleur understands that the uh, the reason his his ass is hot isn't because the seat we're wearing his Mercedes is on. Yeah, his, his piss isn't hot because it, whatever. It's because... Go ahead. Yep, go on. Continue. I was just trying to make like a fire joke. Yep. I, with yep. piss. <laughs> I was trying to make a fire joke, but with piss. And with that, folks, we are signing off for the day. Keep listening to us. We appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you forever and always. Um, check out all the GSPN shows. Talk, uh, Talk of the Tundra is the one you are listening to. Hero Step with Ty and Rohan. Um, they're dropping their IPO for the Bucks stock market this week. Um, I believe you, Jordan, Adam, and then Rohan, Ty again will be recording the uh, preseason prediction pod for the Bucks feed. So. Go check that out. Uh, Adam and Andrew just released a new episode last week for the Brewers talking about their brief entry into the offseason. I guess not brief. Early entry into the offseason and Mm -hmm. what the news was so far. Um, Make time for this. I believe the last episode still is the concert episode. So if you haven't gotten the chance to go see State, stop making sense. Or if you have, go listen to Make Time for This. It's always pretty good. So with all that being said, 
please go follow us on all of our social medias at Twitter, at Numekas Known, at Jordan Tresky for us on Twitter, um, at WatchGSPN for Instagram and TikTok. I promise there will be a couple of clips from uh, from this pod up on those social medias. So <laughs> go share them, like them, everything else. We would appreciate it. So with all that being said, thank you again for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.